Well, it's just gone 20 minutes past seven. You are listening to Sabah and Muslim on Radio Islam International. The ANC's elective conference uh, gets underway today at Nazarek. It's the 55th National Conference of the African National Congress. And at this juncture, it is uh, important and relevant for us to remember the Muslim contribution towards uh, the struggle, towards the liberation of the country, towards the history of South Africa and the ANC. There are multiple names that are mentioned and books have been written. President Ramaphosa uh, recently also lauded the role that the Muslim community played in the country's uh, fight in, uh, against apartheid and the, the liberation struggle uh, towards uh, freedom and democracy. To talk to us in this regard, we have um, veteran uh, politician Ismail Bayvadi. Ismail Bayvadi, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and welcome to Radio Islam International. Wa alaikum assalam how are you? Alhamdulillah, how are you, do- how are you doing? Allah shukar, we haven't spoken to each other for some time. No, it's been a while. Um, I mean, as as an ANC person, what's 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 your sentiments and your emotions as the fifty fifth national conference gets underway? I am quite concerned about the apparent divisions within the leadership. As you reported earlier on, there's been uh, some sort of private prosecution launched by former President Jacob Zuma against current President Ramaphosa. I think this is symptomatic of the broader factional strife within the party. And I'm not convinced that in this conference there will be an outcome which will unite the organization. And I'm, I am hoping that a better quality leadership will emerge, particularly those who have a higher ethical standards and who have put the people's interest and the public interest before personal interest and self-interest. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a bit about, you know, the, the likely outcomes of the conference, et cetera, based on what, what you've just said. But, uh, before that, the, the, the topic, you know, for the discussion this morning, Muslim contribution towards, uh, the ANC, towards the liberation struggle, towards the freedom that we enjoy in South Africa today. Uh, how, how would you describe it overall? If one considers the size of the, the Muslim population in South Africa, uh, in the earlier 20th century, it would have been under half a percent. So, you know, it's a very small population. And, of course, now it might, it might be closer to 2%. So bearing in mind the, the small you know, nature, the minority nature of this community, I think it has made a major contribution to the struggle for freedom. Uh, there are many significant leaders both here in Natal, in the Western Cape or the Cape Province, We've made, uh, you know, major contributions to the freedom struggle, particularly through the vehicle of the ANC, but also through other liberation organizations, such as the PAC. When, when you think of, of uh, names, which, which are the names that would be foremost? I know it's a bit of a, of a difficult one. There, there are so many, and then each one uh, made a significant contribution in his or her own regard. In the beginning, I think if one looks at the early part of the 20th century, there was an outstanding leader who was the imam of the Newtown Masjid, Imam Abdul Qadir Bawazir. Mm-hmm. He had come from India, but played a major role in the passive resistance campaign uh, initiated by Gandhi in between 1906 and 1914. So that stands out. If one looks at later generations, clearly Suleiman Nana was an important figure in 1930s and 1940s. He was the secretary of the Transvaal Union Congress. And then if we look at the 40s and the 1950s, I mean, there were many, many outstanding uh, leaders in the Muslim community. 
Ismail Fatima Mir Ahmed Katwada, Ibrahim Ismaili Ibrahim, Dr. Daru, outstanding leader both of the Indian community but also he was a national leader, highly respected within the African majority community uh, in South Africa. And then if one looks at the more uh, you know recent period, the late Auntie Rihanna Adam, uh, Zainab Azma, uh, Azwad, Amina Kachalia, Yusuf Kachalia. So there's so many of them, but I mean, from the Muslim community, what also stands out for me uh, is the role of, say, someone like Maulvi Ismail Kachalia mm-hmm. and Maulvi Ismail Saluji. Both of them were, were, were Muslim, you know, were ulama, were clerics. They had studied in Dioband in the 1930s, came back to South Africa. They were inspired by the Indian struggle against British colonialism in India. And uh, when they came back to South Africa, they continued with their tradition of fighting oppression and apartheid in our own country. So these stand out as some of the, I think, significant figures in our, in our community. Uh, but there are so many. I, I look at activists, younger generation people, you, the late Yusuf Ekelwaya, who was killed in a bomb explosion on the 11th of December 1989. Uh, there, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, the more contemporary figures, Dala Umar, who was a minister of justice, Muhammad Veli Musa, who was minister of constitutional affairs, the Isop uh, and Aziz Bahad, who also in the cabinet of Mbeki. So, I mean, there are outstanding figures that we have from the community who've made both a contribution to the freedom struggle, but also in the post-apartheid era in contributing to the strengthening of the democracy and serving the needs of the people. Is, is the role of, of the Muslim contribution adequately acknowledged by the ANC, in, in the books of history, by, by the country in general? Yes and no. I think there is a recognition of the contributions of earlier generations of people. But in more, uh, in, in more recent times, I think that is not being fully acknowledged. Part of, part of the problem is that uh, people are not even aware of the contribution of various communities to the freedom struggle, uh, particularly the younger generation within the ANC. And it behoves activists like ourselves to start writing about it, to start, you know, reflecting on this and, and popularizing it so that people become, you know, aware and conscious. But if you look at even our own community, so few of our younger people are fully aware of the, of the heroic contribution of leading figures from the Muslim community to the freedom struggle in this country. Yeah, that was going to be my next point. I mean, should we not in a more structured way start looking at this, you know, introducing such books into the curriculum of our Muslim schools, uh, teach this, talk more about this uh, within the community, so that one, we understand our own history, and two, that, that this activism continues. We cannot rely uh, as, as the current generation or the coming generation on what those in the past did. Activism is still required. We may not need to struggle against apartheid, but there are many other things that we need to struggle against in, in South Africa today. There's no impediment to changes within the curriculum. Muslim schools, I think, have a significant degree of laxity in terms of bringing additional you know, elements to the curriculum. And there's no reason why, for example, uh, students in, in both in the junior and senior phase shouldn't be studying the lives of people like Ahmed Timol, uh, who gave his life to the freedom struggle. Imam Abdullah Harun, again, you know, killed in detention. Dr. Dr. Hafiji from, from, from uh, KZN. These people were detained, they sacrificed their lives, but yet younger generations are not aware of them or they might cursory, have a cursory knowledge of, of their contributions. 
but these should be hand, you know, held up as standard bearers of the community, of people who made the ultimate sacrifice for our struggle and for building a democracy in our country. So, so coming back to what we started off with, um, many South Africans are, are, are not optimistic. Some are not even really interested in the conference. They feel irrespective of who wins, uh, there isn't much that's likely to change. Uh, and that uh, corruption, um, inefficiency uh, is, has become so deeply rooted that it's going to take a very long time uh, to be able to deal with it, uh, if, if at all. Yes, of course, the ANC... Uh, will still be the ruling party come the 2024 elections. It may lose its, its uh, you know, majority, but it'll still be the party with the biggest votes. So the kind of comment you hear at ground level is, is what difference is it going to make this conference, really? You know, come the day after the conference, we're still dealing with uh, ESCOM-related issues. We're still dealing with uh, inf- uh, illegal settlements. We're dealing with all the issues that we have been dealing with. Uh, there may be some progress made, but it's it's very slow. H- how would you respond to this kind of pessimism that we find in the citizenry? at the moment? I think the pessimism is understandable because people experience it all the time. As we're sitting now, I mean, there's been load shedding and I've just been worried about (laughs) making sure that we have connectivity for this conversation. So there will be a degree of pessimism. uh, But I think what is important for us is to understand and to recognize that if we have good leaders, if we have honest and ethical leaders, if we have leaders who are sincere and who are prepared to work in the public interest, it is for the good of this country, it is for the good of the, lo- of the locality or the municipality. We mustn't become cynical. We must make sure that good leaders come in, whether they are from the, from the ANC or from other parties, because coalitions are becoming a reality in our country. It is better to have a good leader than having a corrupt leader in power. Uh, because ultimately there will be good that comes out of it. So I don't think we must be cynical. I think that if the ANC can produce at this conference a crop of new generation leaders who are honest, who are forward-looking, who are prepared to work in the public interest, that would be good for the country. Are you optimistic in terms of, of the names of the nominees? Do, do you think that they, the, 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 those nominees or some of those nominees, if elected, could be the right leadership that the ANC requires? I think a few bad apples uh, have crept through the list process. Uh, it will, you know, one has to wait and see to, to, to determine what the final outcome will be. But um, the other thing we must also remember, Moran, is that mm. there is going to be a generational shift in the ANC. The, the era of Mandela is gone. The era of Mbeki and Zuma is gone. And this is really now a new generation of leaders who are coming to the fore. Some have got experience, some have been involved quite deeply in the struggle for freedom. Others have been Johnny-come-lately, but they are in the organization and it's their time. So it's an untested leadership that might come into power uh, at this conference. Many of them might not have the level of experience and political maturity, which in itself is a concern, because mature leaders are able to look at things from a broad perspective, will aim to unify the country and take the broad masses of people with them. Those younger people sometimes tend to be too, you know, too immediate in, in their approach. They want instant results uh, and they take short-term decisions. So this generational shift, I think, will take place in this conference. Uh, it's hard to tell who will emerge. What is quite clear is that there are still, you know, deep divisions within the ANC. Um, and I'm hoping that a better crop of leaders, uh, leaders will emerge through this conference. If not, then I think the pessimism will persist. 
اسمر بھائی شکرن فور یور ٹائم ریئلی اپریشیٹڈ وعلیکم السلام ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ دیٹ واز ویٹرن پولیٹیشین اسماعیل بھائی وادی ٹاکنگ ٹو اس اباؤٹ دی مسلم کنٹریبیوشن ٹو دی این سی اینڈ ٹو دی سٹرگل اف دی کنٹری اینڈ ہیز تھاٹس آن دی کانفرنس دیٹ گیٹس انڈر وے ان نازرک آن ا مور امیڈیٹ نوٹ دس پروٹیسٹ ایکشن ایٹ شیراز ڈیلٹا گرانج پلیز یوز این الٹرنیٹ روٹ آئی تھنک اٹس گاٹ ٹو ڈو with uh, illegal settlements um, in the vicinity there. So I've seen some, uh, some images of, of burning tires and that kind of thing. Just try and avoid that area if you're wanting to uh, exit Lanasia or if you are in the, in, in, in the vicinity.